Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Joan Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment news on Chadwick Boseman, uh, Adele, Peter Fascinelli, Rihanna and Chris Brown, and Kamora Lee. So uh, make sure you stay tuned. Uh, and also, uh, we have a lot more where that came from, so roll it. Another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow up button on top of the show page, and that way you will get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any of today's stories, the call in number is 347 637 2656 and press the number one. That's 347 637 uh, 347-637-2656 And press the number one Also, like us on Facebook Just go to www.facebook.com Radio. Follow us on Twitter That's at FastEntertain1 That's T-H-A-T-S Entertain, E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N And the number one You can also follow me on Twitter At Stiletto14 Like the high heel shoe S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Right now, the current temperature in the NY it is a cloudy 73 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I want to give a shout-out to all my listeners. How you doing? It's Wednesday. It's hump day. How has the week been for you so far? And thank you, as always, for tuning in every week from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. So, you know, I'm still in shock. I'm still in shock over the passing of actor Chadwick Boseman. Now, back in June, late June, we had did a show where we was talking about what was going on with Chadwick Boseman. We noticed that he, uh, there was some pictures that had surfaced on the Internet or online or on social media showing uh, Chadwick with, where he looked like he lost so much weight in his face and that there was uh, photos where he was seen wheeling out. A nurse was wheeling him in a wheelchair. He was all co- covered up. And we was hoping back then at that time that he was just losing weight maybe to a movie role. 
But come to find out, he was battling colon cancer. He was diagnosed for four years, and he was still going to his chemo. He was still going to the doctor, despite still working and doing movies and doing films like Black Panther and 42 and uh and it, it it's he and they kept it so well they kept it under wraps no one knew nobody said anything nobody knew he was battling this all by himself maybe his family knew but he showed so much tremendous strength and and determination just to push on through despite that he was going through this and that, you know, when you when somebody is going through chemo, anybody can tell you that it's no walk in the park. It's it's very painful, but he was able to maintain himself, go through it, and still work without anyone knowing, not even his closest friend, not even his co-stars of the Avengers, not even the writer and director of Black Panther, um, Nobody knew, not even Spike Lee, who directed him in the movie The Five Bloods. Nobody knew. He he definitely kept it under wraps. And it was, you know, he's so young uh, at 43 years of age. Uh, Colon cancer is a disease where usually uh, it's people in their 50s. The American Cancer Society usually uh, had put out uh, saying that, people should start screening for colon cancer at 50. Now they're saying that because his age at 43 is so young that they're thinking about changing the age um, limit to get tested, to get screening. Um, They're saying now that more and more younger people are starting to get it. It's not just something that happens when you're in your middle age. Um, I had people in my family that... uh, had passed away from colon cancer, and in the African-American community, it's ten times um, higher than any other uh, race of people, and that it's it's a disease that you don't know until you start showing symptoms. And by then, it, you don't know if you it's in its advanced form or it's what stage it, in, it is in until it's too late, so... It's just a, it's just shocking. It's just sudden, and uh, he had passed away on Friday, August the twenty eighth, the same day where, uh, as I was saying earlier, he had did the movie of uh, forty two, which was supposed to be in honor of Jackie Robinson. It was the anniversary of uh, Jackie Robinson um, uh, in the major leagues. Um, just shocking. Uh, also this week, uh, we're going to be also talking about uh, Adele. Apparently, she's getting both love and hate for her for her later for her latest Instagram pictures. I'll tell you why. Also, uh, actor Peter F- Fascinelli, you know him in the Twilight movies as um, the uh, Doctor. Uh, he is stripping down to his underwear. And I'll tell you what he's trying to do, what what he is trying to raise awareness about. Also, uh, Rihanna and Chris Brown. Uh, Rihanna had did a, uh, a podcast. She was on Oprah Winfrey's uh, Super Soul Conversation podcast where she talks about 
uh, forgiving Chris Brown and that the, the uh, restraining order, she has forgiven him ever since the restraining order was uh, lifted. And uh, she talks about um, where they are in their uh, relationship. Are, are they still friends? How she feels? And we're going to talk about that. And also uh, model and fashionista Kimar Lee Simpson has enlisted her daughters, her beautiful daughters, in celebrating their family legacy. Also, I'm going to give you uh, the winners of the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards as well. So uh, let's get started again. Chadwick Boseman, known for his role as King Chala in the Marvel's Black Panthers, has died after a four-year battle with cancer. Um the Post said that the actor who uh, played, you know, such black icons such as James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and Jackie Robson died at home with his wife and family. Uh, again, Bozeman was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016, and it progressed to stage 4. He was only 43 years old. Uh, the... Several people who had worked with him and the the post that they had the only reason why we know about that that they the family had put a post out on i uh, I don't know if this was on his Instagram, but I think it was on his Instagram account saying quote a true fighter Chadwick preser- persevered through it all and brought you many of films you had come to love so much, from Marshall to the Five Bloods, August Wilson Mom Rainey. Black Bottom, and several more. All were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. They said, uh, they all said, quote, the honor of his career to play King Chella in Black Panther. Um, in August of 2019, Marvel Studio President Kevin Feig and Black Panther director Ryan Coogler announced that Black Panther 2 would be released in May of 2022. Now, Bozeman has not publicly disclosed his battle with cancer, according to the AP, but the governor of South Carolina, where Bozeman was born, said he ordered the state house flag to lower to half staff uh, this past Sunday to honor the life and contribution and memory of a truly extraordinary son of South Carolina. Now, Bozeman graduated from Howard University, and he starred in various television shows in the early 2000s before getting the star role as Jackie Robinson, the first black person to play in the Major League Baseball in the 2013 film, 42. And then from there, he went to star as James Brown in the 2014 film, Get On Up, Andre Andre Davis in the 2019 film, 21 Bridges, and Stormin' Norman in the years, The Five Bloods. And his death, again, like I said, came on the day that Major League Baseball was celebrating Jackie Robinson Day, usually celebrated on April 15. Now, Major League Baseball also tweeted that, saying, quote, that his transcendent performance in 42 will stand the test of time and serve as a powerful vehicle to tell Jackie's story to audience for generations to come. And fans and colleagues all across the world had shared message of grief online. Uh, filmmaker Ava DuVernay posted a photo of the Wakanda ancestral plane from Black Panther telling Bozeman, quote, may you have a beautiful return, King. We will miss you so. 
unquote. Marvel Studios tweeted a photo of Bozeman dressed in the costume of his iconic role, writing, quote, Our hearts are broken. Your legacy will live on forever, unquote. The company also tweeted out a series of photos of Bozeman from Marvel sets and with his fellow cast members. And Democratic vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris, she tweeted a photo of her and Bozeman saying that she was heartbroken. Bozeman's last tweet before his death was a photo of himself and Harris encouraging people to vote. And this is what she said, Kamala Harris. She said, quote, my friend and fellow bison, Chadwick Bozeman, was brilliant, kind, learned, and humble. He left too early, but his life made a difference, unquote. She also attended Howard University, who mascot is the bison. And a chat with Bozeman sports film, 42, it's going to return to the big screen in the wake of his passing. The Jackie Robinson biopic will be re-released in 740 movie theaters nationwide to celebrate the life of the Black Panther star. AMC, Regal, Cinemark, Alamo Drafthouse, Marcus and Harkins are among theaters chains, which will be honoring the late actor with the re-release of his film. AMC Theaters announced that it will show the 2013 film in 300 different locations starting on Thursday, September 3rd, with a discount price of $5 per ticket. And shortly after Bozeman's death, AMC polled its fans on social media to ask fans which of the actors' movies, excluding Black Panther, were their favorite. His portrayal of the Major League Baseball legend came on top of the pole. In the movie, Bozeman portrayed the Brooklyn Dodger baseman who overcame the race barrier to be the first African-American who played in a Major League uh, team in 1947. It was directed by Oscar winner Brian uh, Helgeland, and it grossed $97.5 million at the Global Box Office on a $40 million budget and received generally positive reviews from critics. Now, um, you know, in the wake of his passing, Netflix has scrapped a a preview event for his final film, Mom Rainey, Black Bottom, which was set to take place on Monday, August 31st. Netflix CEO Ted Sarandos said of the late actor after the event cancellation, he said, quote, Chadwick was a superhero on screen and in life, and it's impossible to imagine working at the level he has while uh, valiantly battling his illness, unquote. Chadman Bozeman passed away at the age of 43 after quietly battling colon cancer for four years, a true fighter, a true fighter. Um, he's really going to be missed. He is really going to be missed. Uh, right now we have 15 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, we're listening. you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. Like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at thatsentertain1. That's T-H-A-T-S 
E-N-T-E-R-T-A-I-N-1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. You can also follow me on Instagram at T Jones Gives. Also, if you're just tuning in to the show for the first time, welcome. Um, our show, proudly to say, has been on the air for about 10 years now. And if you want to know more about the show and you want to listen in the next time around or want to know when we're on the air, just click on the follow-up button on top of the show page, and it will send you a reminder when I come the come on the air live. Um, Adele has gained both love and hate with her latest Instagram picture. While the British singer successfully stunned her followers with her body transformation after her 100-pound weight loss in the photo, the Grammy Award-winning artist had landed in hot water at the same time for her reference to black culture in the image. In the said snap, the Someone Like You hitmaker bared her midriffs in a bikini top emblazoned with the Jamaican flag. Her hair was styled in bantu knots, which has traditionally been worn by black women, while she also sported a yellow headpiece and a big chain necklace. Now, she wrote in the caption on the shot, saying, quote, Happy what would be Notting Hill Carnival, my beloved London. The annual London Festival usually take place this weekend, but this year the event was postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. It is unclear when Adele took the the photo, but people have since voiced their outrage over her hairstyle. And this is what one user wrote on Twitter. They said, quote, this is what happens when you invite too many people to the cookout, no more invites, hashtag Adele, hashtag Bantu. Others accused the 32-year-old songstress of cultural appropriation, with one slamming her, saying, quote, with all this racial injustice going on, Adele thought it was okay. Hashtag Adele, hashtag cultural appropriation. Another disappointing fan said, Adele, I love you and you're my favorite artist, but this is cultural appropriation. Please take down this photo. And everything is cultural appropriation. It is a hairstyle. This is what somebody else added. You don't tell black women don't straighten their hair or dye blonde. Women can do whatever they want with their hair without making everything an issue. Unquote. Now, I'm currently wearing my hair blonde. I'm wearing my hair blonde and straight. So I can't say anything about that because it, 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 it it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because they're right because black women, we've been straightening our hair. We've been coloring our hair blonde and lightening up. And do we say we're cultural program? Are we trying to, you know, it's just that it's fun. It's about it's about expressing yourself. It's about being stylish. Um, I personally didn't have a problem with it. I thought she was just maybe promoting um, something relating to Jamaica, an event. That's when I saw it. Um, but Someone else claimed that the Jamaican culture is part of the culture celebrated in Adele's hometown of London. Uh, She is from London, and Jamaicans is part of the culture there. So they want people to just stop and acknowledge that she's paying homage. Um, Just like, you know, when Rihanna had did a a cover for uh, Vogue magazine, I don't know if it was Japan's Vogue, it was an Asian Vogue cover, and she was dressed like a geisha. 
and people had something to say about that. Uh, she wasn't had, she didn't have the white paint on her face, but she had the traditional hair and the kimono on and the fan, just like a geisha. And people were saying that she was it was cultural appropriation. Uh, you know, Bo Derek came out with the movie 10 back in 1979 and in that was the first time we saw a white woman with her hair in cornrows now back then it was not called the cultural appropriation didn't exist back then but people were a little like taken aback because she had her hair in cornrows but i remember people was like wow her hair looked nice who did her cornrows and, I mean, she had some nice car with the little the beads on the end. But back then, that was the look, the cornrows with the beads. And it's still, it, people still bringing the cornrows with the, the beads on the end. That's still still in fashion. But nobody said that Bo Derek was cultural appropriation. Nobody said anything. Now, not that I, you know, recall, but... Back then, it wasn't called that. They were just seeing she was promoting a movie. She was doing a look. Maybe the fashion, the photo editor wanted to do a new look. That's all it is. I think it's just, I think we're taking it a little too far. Um, It doesn't change who you are as a person, I think, in my opinion. It doesn't change, you know, you shouldn't feel that, okay, um, even though I'm this type of race, do I feel like I'm being this kind of race because I'm making my hair this way or dressing a certain way? Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a very touchy subject. But uh, yeah, uh, Adele has her hair in bantu knots. So and people are not liking it. Nobody. But the same thing when you see black women with straight hair and blonde and. Nobody said anything about that, so I guess you know. Yeah, like I said, it's a very touchy subject. Now, all of a sudden, it's just been a touchy subject. Uh, actor Peter Fascinelli is stripping down to his underwear to raise awareness about prostate cancer. The Twilight star has joined forces with officials at the Prostate Cancer Foundation and men customized underwear brand Nick Taylor for the new social media campaign, which encourages open discussion of prostate health. The hashtag Nick Taylor No Pants initiative calls on men to share photos of themselves in their underwear and tag three other guide pals along uh, online to draw attention to the cause. The second most common type of disease in men behind skin cancer, according to the representatives at the American Cancer Society. The actor revealed he didn't hesitate to sign on for the campaign because the disease is something both his father and uncle battled. Fascinelli admitted that the timing of the campaign couldn't have been better because he had just shed 30 pounds during a health kick while in coronavirus isolation. The 46-year-old insists he is now physically in better shape than he's ever been after cutting sugar and takeout food from his diet to avoid that sluggish feeling. Good for you, Peter Fascinelli. Rihanna has forgiven Chris Brown for assaulting her and insists she truly loves the singer slash rapper uh, Brown was arrested in 2009 for beating Rihanna following a fight as they left Clyde Davis gr- Grammy party. He pled guilty to assault and had a restraining order placed on him, preventing him from seeing Rihanna. However, the order has since been lifted, and the pair has forged a very, very close friendship. 
And speaking about the relationship during a no holds bar interview on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Conversation podcast, this is what Rihanna said. She said, quote, we've been working on our friendship again. Now we're very, very close friends. We built up a trust again, and that's and that we love each other, and we probably always will. And that's not something we're ever going to change. That's not something we can shut off if you've ever been in love. I think he was in, he was the love of my life. He was the first love, and I see that he loved me the same way. It's not even about us being together. I truly love him. So the main thing for me is that he's at peace. I'm not at peace if he's a little unhappy or he's still lonely. Unquote. When Oprah asked if Rihanna and Chris had rekindled their romance, she said that uh, he's in a relationship of his own. She said she's single, but she had maintained a very close friendship ever since the restraining order had been dropped and that they just worked on it little by little. And it's not been easy. And Rihanna mended her relationship with her father as well, who was abusive to her mother, and that she was really able to forgive Chris. She said that, you know, she had to forgive her father for all his uh, faults, and that's how she was able to forgive Chris. Uh, She also concluded that, uh, she said that she thought she hated Chris when she realized it was, their love was tarnished. She said it looked like hate because it was ugly. It was it was it was there was anger. It was inflamed. It was tainted, and she realized that it, what it was was that she had to forgive him because she cared about him still, and that the that and and the minute she let go of that, she started living again. That's good to hear. Good to hear. We got to forgive because if we don't forgive. It will eat at your soul. It will eat you up. It will eat you up. So you've got to forgive. Um, right now we have here uh, 25 minutes after the hour. Wow, the time is really moving. Uh, coming up in the next half hour, I'm going to be talking about uh, Miss Model and Fashionista Kamora Lee Simpson. She has enlisted her daughters in launching uh, Bringing Baby Fat Back, but in the beauty line, in in the beauty category. So we'll talk more about that. Also, actress Kiki Palmer, she did a fantastic job at uh, hosting the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards. And uh, two days after uh, the death of uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, she also took a moment in the show to express support for Black Lives Matters. I'll tell you more about that. Also, uh, uh, Doja Cat, who was one of the winners of the MTV Video Music Award, she feared she was being fooled when she was announced as the winner. I'll tell you more about that. And um, Christopher Nolan's new movie, Thriller, Tenet, it's leading the post-coronavirus box office comeback, and I'll tell you how much much money it has uh, gained so far. And uh, Chris Evans may have uh, made team up with another Avenger, Chris Helmworth, for a new project. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere.
Right now we got 28 minutes left remaining in the show That was Khalid in 11 
before we went to the music break, I was telling you about model and fashionista Kamara Lee Simmons has enlisted to help of her daughters to launch a millennial beauty line that celebrates their family legacy. The mogul has teamed with Ming Lee, who's 18 now, and Oki Lee, that's 20, who's 21 now, to reinvent her baby fat brand with the launch of Baby Fat Beauty. Now, this is what Kamora tells People magazine. She said, quote, we're, we're a family business. It's an old meets new legacy kind of situation for me, a little bit of luxury, a little bit of sassiness, a little bit of glitter and glitz to your day, unquote. As part of the collection, the trio has unveiled three fragrances named Opulent, Divine, and Ethereal, which embodies the essence of each of them. The 45-year-old funded Baby Fat in 1999 with her then-husband, Russell Simmons, and relaunched the company last year. And actress Kiki Palmer launched the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards by dedicating Sunday's show to the late Chadwick Boseman. Two days after the news of his death first broke, host Palmer opened the ceremony by acknowledging the devastating loss of the Black Panther star, who passed away on Friday, August 28, following a secret four-year battle with colon cancer. Now, Palmer also took a moment at early on in the show to express support for the Black Lives Matter movement against police brutality and racial injustice and call on music fans to stand united to continue to fight to end systemic racism. The first award of the night went to Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, who secured Best Collaboration for Rain On Me, while Taylor Swift scored Best Direction for shooting her own promo for The Man. Meanwhile, BTS was already double winners heading into the main event after picking up a pair of honors during the pre-show. Best Group and Best K-Pop Prize for On, and rap rocker Machine Gun Kelly was also celebrating early as he took home Best Alternative for his Bloody Valentine video starring his new girlfriend, actress Megan Fox. The VMAs featured early performances from The Weeknd, Miley Cyrus, and Maluma, whose set were reportedly filmed ahead of time amid the coronavirus pandemic, and this was according to the New York Post. And the winners of the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards, which took place on Sunday, August 30th, saw some artists Again, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, The Weeknd, Taylor Swift, and Megan Thee Stallion celebrated their victories as they were honored with coveted Moon Man trophies. The night was also packed with epic performances from Luma and BTS. The Weeknd collected the Trophy of Video of the Year, won the biggest award that night for his song Blinding Lights. The song also earned the Canadian star a trophy for Best R&B. Meanwhile, Lady Gaga made history as the honoree of the first-ever Tricon Award, which recognized an artist who is highly accomplished across three or more disciplines. Additionally, the singer-actress won Artist of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Collaboration, Best Pop and Best Cinematography. She shared the last four victories with Ariana Grande, with whom she collaborated for their song, Rain On Me. And joining the list of winners that night was Doja Cat, who received the trophy for Push New Best New Artist. Hot Girl Summer, Megan, meanwhile, was honored with Best Hip Hop for her hit song, Savage, with Coldplay winning Best Rock for their song, Orphan. Now, this year's event also added two additional categories in the wake of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber won Best Music Video from Home with their star-studded music video for Stuck With You, while... CNCO won Best Quarantine Performance for his performance at Unplugged at Home. 
and the K-pop star BTS and Blackpink were also among the honorees. BTS collected three awards as they were named as the winner of Best K-Pop, Best uh, Choreography, and Best Group. The Kill This Love hitmaker, meanwhile, nabbed the award for Song of the Summer with their song, How You Like That. So congratulations to all the winners of the 2020 MTV Video Music Awards. And speaking of a winner, Do- Doja Cat, uh, she feared she she feared feared she was being fooled when she was announced as the winner of the Push Best New Artist Trophy at Sunday's Video Music Awards. The Say So hitmaker beat out competition from the likes of Louis Capaldi, Roddy Rich, and Youngblood for the trophy. But she tells MTV she thought she'd fallen victim to a fake prank when her name was called. And this is what she said. She said, Cole, I was really, really excited to find that out, and I didn't know how to try to hold myself back from tears. I usually say I don't care about this kind of thing, but I actually do. I now know that I do care about getting this award a lot. It means that there are people out there who enjoy my music and they care about me, like they care about the crab. They care about what I'm doing. That's amazing for me because I just enjoy it, period. If people didn't like it, I'd probably still be doing it, but it's really cool that people support it, unquote. The win comes as Doja prepares to drop her forthcoming third album, and while she insists she can't say when the record is due, she teased each new song has its own personality. And Aubrey O'Day and DJ Pauly D didn't date for a long time, though it looked like the former had enough hard time within the short time of their relationship. Talking to her fans on Twitter, the Dandy Kane member revealed that the Jersey Shore star was mentally and physically abusive during their relationship. In response to someone who admitted to still feeling heartbroken over the split, Aubrey said, uh, don't be heartbroken. She said, quote, he was mentally and physically abusive. I was in a dark place. He only loved and admired me at my weakest self, unquote. She went on to tell uh, say she she went on to say to the follower to don't feel sorry for Paulie. No, she said feel sorry for Paulie's next girlfriend rather than her. She said be sad for the next. She have to delete anything one he doesn't like. Operate under rules. Won't be claimed by him, and he'll stay cheating. Sad life. Unquote. Paulie has yet to respond to the allegation. Meanwhile, Aubrey has since deleted the tweet. This isn't the first time Aubrey opened up about her relationship with Paulie that she deemed unhealthy. During an interview back in 2018, the blonde beauty said that she felt tortured during their relationship. As she recalled, there was no healthy dialogue. There was no progressive communication. There were rules, and the rules needed to be followed, and when they weren't, you were punished. However, Paulie denied the allegation at the time. Paulie and Aubrey began dating in February of 2016 after meeting on the set of Famously Single. They broke up a year later in July of 2017. And uh, Christopher Nolan's new thriller, Tenet, is leading the post-coronavirus box office comeback with a $53 million theatrical launch. The Warner Brothers release starring Robert Patterson, John David Washington, and Elizabeth Dubecki opened in 41 markets outside North America this weekend, scoring its strongest start in the U.K., where it banked $7.1 million. Now, Tenet is still yet to open in the two largest markets of China and the U.S., where it will launch on September 3rd in time for uh, Labor Day weekend. 
Uh, U.S. theater goers instead flocked to check out the long-delayed X-Men spinoff, The New Mutants, which grossed $7 million, the biggest opening for any new film since the COVID-19 shutdown. Even though it was panned by critics and cinema remained shuttered in a number of states, including California and New York. Keanu Reeves' Bed, Bill and Ted Face the Music was another new release, debuting on both video on demand and in selected theaters, where it made just under $1.1 million, as, as was the uh, personal history of David Copperfield, a Charles Dickens adaptation starring Dev Patel, which opened with 520000 from 1,360 theaters. And Chris Evans may have hung up his uh, Captain America costume, but it doesn't mean that he won't be able to reunite on screen with a fellow Avenger again. The 39-year-old actor may work together with Chris Hemsworth in the in an extraction sequel as his future project. And according to We Got This Cover, Anthony and Joe Russo, who produces the 2020 action thriller, are looking to add a few more MCU stars into the follow-up to the hit Netflix movie, and Evans is high on their list. It's unclear if the Knives Out star has been formally approached yet, but he is reportedly eyed for a major role in the upcoming sequel. Should the report be true and Evan sign up for the second Extraction movie, he will also re-team up with the Russo brothers, who directed the last two Avenger movies, Avengers Affinity War and Avenger Endgame. The Russo brothers are no stranger to recruiting MCU stars for their project. While co-producing 21 Bridges, the filmmaker duo tapped the late Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman to take the lead role. They also directed Spider-Man to picture Tom Holland in their upcoming crime drama film, Cherry, and are set to reunite with Evans in the Netflix movie, The Gray Man, which also stars Ryan Gosling. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son Jack Quaid has landed the lead in the new Scream sequel. The boys star joined a cast that include David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and Nev Campbell, who are all reprising characters from the Scream franchise, Melissa Barrera, and Jenna Ortega. Directed by Matt Bettinelli, Oplin, and Tyler Gillette, the production will shoot in Wilmington, North Carolina. And Riverdale star Marisol Nichols is developing a new TV show based on her real-life fight against sex trafficking. According to Deadline, the actress who is known for her role as uh, Hermione Lodge on the CW series will likely star on the project. She will also serve as the executive producer of the show, which is currently in its early stages. She partners with Sony Pictures Television, which option rights to her story. Marisol uh, previously opened up in a long-form story in May's Mary Claire about her being an undercover agent for the FBI and Operation Underground Railroad and local law enforcement as the bait for sting operation domestically and internationally. Utilizing her acting skills, she has been hunting child predators. In some cases, the CSI crime scene investigation star pretend to be a parent pimping out a child in other situations, Marisol played the role of a child being pimped out to a guy who expected to have sex with a 12-year-old. In the Marie Claire profile, it was mentioned that Marisol's incredible contribution to end sex trafficking stemmed from being sexually assaulted when she was 11 years old. She started doing the usual hustle in 2012 when acting work slowed down. She also launched her own nonprofit foundation in 2014 called Foundation for a Slavery-Free World, 
And back in June, Marisol shared that her character, Hermione, would return to Season 5 of Riverdale, despite previously announcing that she was leaving the show at the end of Season 4. Riverdale will return for a new season in 2021. Right now we have a 16 minutes left uh, remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and we'll be back with the last remaining stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. Jack Cleese and Chris Brown and put in work. 
Right now we have 12 minutes left remaining in the show, and for the last remaining stories of the day, Corey Feldman has filed a lawsuit against WeTV and the team behind the show Marriage Boot Camp. The 49-year-old former child star who rose to fame in movies including The Groonies and Gremlins and since he was held hostage on the set of Marriage Boot Camp, alleging that the show exploited his history as an alleged victim of sexual violence to increase ratings. In a document obtained by the Blast File in Los Angeles County Court, Corey claimed bosses with full knowledge of the importance of the nature of Mr. Feldman's lifetime work not only perpetuated fraud by inducing Mr. Feldman with false promises, but also falsified information to the public. They discredit Mr. Feldman as a liar on their show, Marriage Boot Camp Family Edition. Now, Corey appeared on the show with his brother Eden, but according to the actor, he was sold the show on the premises of being able, through guidance from licensed medical professionals, to help heal the tumultuous relationship he had with his brother. Instead of healing this brotherly relationship, the show instead created questions and exercises that were focused and revealed past sexual assault on the celebrities and how such sexual trauma affected them and their lives. That's what the lawsuit claimed. He further alleged that the producers held him and his family hostage under duress in a location unknown to them, causing severe emotional trauma. The lawsuit also stated that the harm caused by the defendant breaches fraud and false promises has caused severe emotional trauma to Mr. Feldman. Such conduct has caused Mr. Feldman ongoing feeling of helplessness and suffering, which was reunited after decades of lying dormant due to successful therapy. He is suing the production company, network, and several of the doctors on set for damage he claims to have suffered during the show. The defendant has yet to publicly respond to the legal filing. And the stars of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air are the latest cast members to reunite for a TV special. Will Smith, Tatiana Ali, Karen Parsons, Joseph Marcel, Daphne Maxwell-Reed, Alfonso Ribeiro, and DG Jazzy Jeff will gather 30 years after the show first premiered on NBC. The event will feature the star looking back on their time working on the classic sitcom, which ran from 1990 to 1996, and featured a night of music, dancing, and surprise guests. The celebration will be tapped for September 10th, the exact day the show debuted and aired in late November. And the brains behind the TV comedy Blackish, they're getting ready to tackle racial unrest in the U.S. by dropping two pre-election specials next month ahead of the show's seven-season premiere. The back-to-back episode will be directed by Oscar winner Matthew A. Cherry and on air on ABC on October 4th, according to Deadline. Election Special Part 1, written by Eric Horstead, followed Marcus Schreibner's character as he prepares to vote in his first-ever American general election, only to discover on arrival at the polling station that his name is missing from the list of eligible voters. The second program, which will be partly animated, revolves around Peter McKenzie's character as he attempts to get elected as a congressman. 
It's not the first time the writers of the groundbreaking series, which is up for four primetime Emmy Awards later this month, have tackled politics and current affairs back in 2018. A hot-button episode about racism was abruptly pulled from the schedule after network bosses clashed with writers over the subject matter. The episode finally aired on streaming service Hulu last month. A premiere date has not yet been set for the new season of Blackish, but it is expected to debut in late October. Jay-Z and Will Smith are steering a miniseries, are stirring a, a miniseries about racial violence victim Emmett Till Mother has been given the go-ahead by bosses at ABC. The series will focus on Mamie Till Mobley, who became a civil rights pioneer when her son was killed by two white men in Mississippi in 1955. His death sparked a modern-day civil rights movement, which accumulated in 1963 March on Washington and the 1965 Voting Rights Act and Civil Rights Act. Jay-Z and Smith have been developing Women of the Movement for years, and Gina Price-Bythewood is set to direct the show's first episode when it premieres in 2021. The series was originally set to air on HBO five years ago, and this was according to Deadline. Bosses at Netflix have given the green light to Jamie Foxx's new comedy inspired by his relationship with his daughter, Corinne Foxx. Fox will star in Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me, and the executive producers alongside his daughter. Kyla Drew will play Fox's daughter on the show, which will also feature TV veteran David Allen Greer, Portia Coleman, Jonathan Kite, Heather Hemmings, and Valente Rodriguez. Modern uh, Family director Ken Wintingham will direct. The show serves as Fox's first return to multi-camera comedy since his small-screen venture in Living Color and The Jamie Foxx Show. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is making his first major move into scripted TV with a new espionage series. The new show will be created by Nick Centora, the man behind the action drama Scorpion, as part of his overall deal with Skydance Television, and feature Arnie as the father of a daughter who together become caught at the center of a spy story. And this is according to Deadline.com. And although the daughter is yet to be cast, producers are reportedly at the preliminary stage of picking an actress for the role. The Terminator star will also executive produce alongside Centora, Skydance, David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, and Bill Bose, with Carolyn Harris also overseeing the project for the firm. The daddy-daughter spy adventure will be the action legend's first major scripted TV role. Schwarzenegger has renewed his Hollywood career since stepping down as governor of California in 2011, playing key roles in the Terminator and the Expendables franchises, and will star in the upcoming Kung Fury 2, the movie, as well as reprising his role opposite Danny DeVito in the twin sequel, Triplets, alongside new star Eddie Murphy. Santora, meanwhile, is serving as showrunner on Amazon Prime upcoming series, Adaptations of Lee's Child, Jack Reacher Books. And hip-hop veterans Public Enemy has returned home to Def Jam recording the, the Fable label, which, which they first found fame. The rap star fronted by Chuck D and Flavor Flay has signed a new contract with company bosses to release the album What You Gonna Do 
when the grid goes down more than two decades after parting ways with the, the label. And to mark the occasion, the group has dropped the lead single, Fight the Power Remix 2020, a revamp of the 1989 Public Enemy Classic, which was performed at the opening of the BET Awards in June with Nas, Black Thought, Questlove, and YG, among others. In a statement, Chuck D. said, quote, Cultural institutions are important. Being an integral part of one is an honor bestowed and to uphold. Public Enemy songs are forever sonic print in the sands of time, and it's time it's necessary to bring the noise again from a place called home, Def Jam, Fight the Power 2020, unquote. Def Jam is like the house we grew up in. It's cool to be home, said uh, Flavor Flav. What are you going to do when the grid goes down? The follow-up to 2017, Nothing is Quit in the Desert, will hit music retailers on September 25th. And uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Gloria Stefan are among the top acts gathering to celebrate Latinos in theater at Viva Broadway. Here are voices. West Side Story legend Sheeta Rivera and Mexican pop icon Thalia, who produced 2018 play Summer, the Donna Summer musical, are also booked as headline acts for the upcoming Digital Benefit concert. Bosses behind the show to be directed and choreographed by Sergio Trujillo aim to celebrate the history and achievement of Latino theater stars, which also focus on Hispanic representation, inclusion, and diversity. The online event will also feature snapshots of Broadway-bound musicals and plays from Latin stars, including a peek at John Leguizamo's latest work, Kiss My Aztec, Andrea Burns' star of the 2005 Tony Award-winning Latin musical In the Hype, will host Viva Broadway, Hear Our Voices, the concert will be broadcast on Playbill.com, Playbill YouTube channel, and on the Broadway Leaves Viva.Broadway website on October 1st, with proceeds from the function benefiting the Broadway Care uh, equi- uh, Equity, Fi- Equity Fights AIDS and Broadway Bridges charity. And uh, reggae great Eddie Grant is taking Donald Trump re-election campaign officials to court over the unauthorized use of his hit Electric Avenue. The I Don't Want to Dance singer 1983 tune soundtrack and animated ad featuring a speeding train with the words Trump Pence printed on the side zipping through an empty town as a cartoon version of White House challenger Joe Biden trails behind. The controversial Republican Party leader posted the commercial without a a caption on Twitter in mid-August, prompting legal representation for Grant to immediately fire off a cease-and-desist notice to have the ad taken down. The notice was apparently ignored as the video remains online, and on Tuesday, September 1st, the musician attorney Brian Kaplan filed suit in New York. He tells Billboard, quote, you need to get a uh, secret synchronization license when you sync music to video. This is copyright one-on-one. You need to have a license and nobody in his campaign with a straight face could say he has the absolute right to do this, unquote. Kaplan noted that the Guyanese British star owns the master recording for Electric Avenue and was never even approached about the ad, and now he's demanding a jury trial for the return of profits, payments for licensing fees and statutory damages, as well as the removal of the video and permanent injunction against future use. 
Grant isn't the first artist to take Trump campaign chiefs to court. Rocker Neil Young filed suit last month in August after objecting to having his music played at his rallies. Representatives for Trump have yet to comment on the news. And uh, Miranda Lambert and Luke Combs and Marin Morris lead the 2020 Country Music Association Award nomination. Lambert comes out on top on Tuesday's shortlist with an impressive seven nods. Not only does the tally make her the most nominated act this year, but it also upped her total nomination to 55, a record for a female artist in CMA history. Her nomination includes a single and album of the year prizes for Bluebird and Wildcard, respectively, and she also secured nods for Song of the Year, Female Vocalist of the Year, Musical Event of the Year, and Music Video of the Year. The hitmaker Seven Nod is for Entertainer of the Year, which pits her against Eric Church, Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, and Luke Combs, who is just behind her with six nominations. This includes Album of the Year for What You See is What You Get, Single of the Year for Never Been Broke, Beard Never Broke My Heart, Two Songs of the Year nods, and Male Vocalist of the Year. Noticeably absent from the Entertainer of the Year category is Garth Brooks, who urged officials to drop him from consideration for the 2020 title after winning the honor for a seventh time last year. Elsewhere in the nomination, Marin Morris received several nods for his crossover smash, The Bones, including Single of the Year, Song of the Year, and Musical Event of the Year. One or two she received in that category, as well as Female Vocalist of the Year nods for five in total. Carly Pierce earned four nominations, as did Dan and Shay, and producer Jay Joyce. Ashley McBride and Keith Urban are up for three awards. And they're joined by surprise CMA face Justin Bieber by virtue of his feature appearance on Dan and Shay's thrice-nominated single, 10,000 Hours. The 2020 CMA Awards will be broadcast on ABC on November 11. Details about venue, host, and format amid the ongoing pandemic has not been revealed. And uh, Monica and Brandy have squashed their decade-long feud as they had fun in the latest episode of Versus, which took place on Monday, August 31st. The two musicians appear to be comfortable around each other as Monica cheekily joked about their old beef in a live streaming session. Um, the wrecking-breaking episode, which garnered like one million views, saw the two R&B powerhouse belting out and dancing to each other hit, including I Want to Be Down and Don't Take It Personal, Just One of Them Days. Not only fans, fellow celebrities such as Michelle Obama, Timberland, Missy Elliott, and Democratic Vice President nominee Kamala Harris also turned in for the episode. Uh, in an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Monica addressed putting their feud to rest with the song Battle. She said, quote, we're long removed ourselves from the dramatics of it, but we're going to have a very, we're going to have a very in-depth conversation that may possibly share, even with the audience, because there's a lot that's happened. The fans have no idea what really took place, what really caused the initial friction. Hopefully we can help some of the younger artists avoid doing the same thing because we did a whole lot more together than we did apart, unquote. Their epic versus battle comes 22 years after their release hit The Boy Is Mine in 1988. The song spent 13 weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 chart and its music video, which featured both ladies singing fiercely at each other, also became a life-changing success. It earned them a 1998 Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with vocals. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment.
stay safe, stay healthy, stay healthy, stay happy, and I will talk to you next time. Take care.